welcome to episode 147 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Anthony Pluff. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by my man, Anthony Pluff. Anthony, thanks for being here, buddy. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Excited. You're just getting over a little bit of a, of a cold, which I'm sure comes far more often for you than <laughs> other people having three young children. Um, before we get into describing a little bit more about who you are and your story, I know we're jumping real right into this. What are some of the things that you do to help yourself get over these things when you're not feeling too well? Yeah. Um, so if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have told you something probably different, but, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah. I've been having, this is the, this is the longest I've been sick and, uh, quite a while, um, after the day, day after Thanksgiving, my, my wife, um, one of my daughters and my son all had fevers and it lasted a few days. And then a week later, my other daughter was thrown up and sick and had a fever and stuff. And I didn't get any of it. I was like, all right. And then <laughs> probably like last Friday started not feeling too good. And then it's just lingered since then. And so workouts haven't worked out in about a week now and stuff. And so typically, typically when I am sick, um, what I do, I eat a lot. Um, <laughs> like that, uh, it's, a uh, um, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's probably some validity to it. I had, I had a coach in high school who told me, he was like, yeah, when you're sick, he was like, you need to do the opposite of what people tell you. You need to eat a lot, <laughs> um, to get like, so your body has like the calories to use the energy to help fight off it and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense. <laughs> and so, um, it actually, it makes me, maybe it's psychological. I don't know. Um, but, um, I tend to eat, I, I do eat way more when I'm sick than, uh, when I'm not just because I also like every time I get sick, um, I, I seem to also get like uh, sick to my stomach as well. Like just that, I don't know, it's like acidic feeling in your stomach. And so I don't like it. And so like just eating helps prevent that because there's something in, in my stomach. And so, uh, but I do, I, I try and get outside a lot. Uh, I'm trying to get as outside as much as I can. Obviously this time of year, it's cold. Um, and so I, I, am pretty good at getting outside every day, going for a walk, things like that. Um, I'm not great at getting outside during the day. And so a lot of the times mm-hmm. I get a walk in, it's either early morning or later on in the day. So the sun is either just coming up or going down. And so I try, I try to be more intentional about like being in the sun, uh, like in the afternoon, you know, kind of get vitamin D and everything like that. And, um, the summertime, I definitely do it a lot more. Um, and so probably why people get less sick. Right. And so that's something I, I try and do. I, I take vitamin D supplement. Um, I, I don't know, uh, how, how much it, it helps or anything. Clearly it didn't. I'm, I'm sick right now, but, <laughs> and I've been taking it consistently, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I just drinking lots of water, staying hydrated. Um, I have a, uh, in my, in my office, it's very, uh, it's very cold. It's not very well insulated. And so I have a space heater going constantly. And so the air is really dry. And so it just, it just makes, uh, kind of my throat hurt more and stuff like that. So just trying to constantly have a drink with me and stuff, but th- those things seem to help me. Like I said, this, this is the longest I've been sick and, uh, like since I had COVID years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but yeah, that, those are, um, those are, those are helpful. Getting outside, getting in fresh air, working out, um, doing like, if you can, um, my, my general rule of thumb is like, if, if my symptoms are kind of above the neck, I will kind of continue as normal, maybe take off a few sets here and there, maybe drop the weight. If I'm feeling it like in my stomach, my body's achy, then I just skip the workout altogether, try and go for a walk. But sometimes when I'm sick and even just like going for a long walk, like if I, if I find myself like getting winded, then I, that's kind of my cue. Like, 
I'm doing, I'm doing too much there. But I used to always just, as soon as I felt better, jump straight back into the gym, get my workouts in. And then all of a sudden I get sick again, like a week later, because I just never, never let my body rest. And so I'm trying to be smarter about that and just kind of ease my way back into it. So just trying to, trying to get some steps in, um, moving around the house and things like that. That's, that seems to help me the most. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a, a great breakdown, right? Like there's, you know, all, all the basic stuff going outside, you know, getting some sunlight in, drinking water, making sure you're prioritizing your, your rest and trying to get more rest in and, and all mm-hmm. things like that. But I think the the real important thing is like doing the things that feel good to you. And this only like, you can only figure this out by paying attention to your own body. So right. while someone else who's listening to this might be like, oh, when I'm feeling sick and feeling like a cold, I, I really can't eat. And like eating anything, yeah, yeah, even yeah. healthy food, junk food, anything just makes me feel worse. For you, that's not the case. And so you do right. the opposite and it makes you feel better. And there's not like a, some universal right or wrong answer. And that wasn't yeah. what I was, you know, trying to trying to get out of you yeah, because yeah. obviously there doesn't exist. Um, but really paying attention to your body and learning to like, okay, what can I actually do and what actually makes me feel better is yeah. is difficult, but but also necessary. And I'm sure that you also pick this up like from trying to trying to figure out what's going on with the kids when they're sick because they're yeah, yeah. young and not really good at communicating like how they're feeling and what's going to make them feel right. better. And they're just kind of cranky. And I, I'm assuming a lot here, but you know, they're, they're yeah, cranky yeah. and whatever, and you're trying to help them feel better, but you don't actually know what they feel. And right. so it's kind of a similar to coaching in a way. It's like, we can't really, we don't feel what our clients feel. We know all the things and we know like what might work, but it's like, Oh, it might be this might be that. And yeah. you got to just kind of try it all. But ultimately the only person who can help someone is, is themselves. Right. Yeah. No. And yeah, with, yeah, with kids is tough, <clears throat> especially with, um, like my younger ones, because you know, they, they don't really know, um, they don't really know, um, what they need, I guess. And, uh, my, my older daughter, um, she, she gets motion sickness, um, uh, pretty bad. Um, and I, I, I have it as well. And so like, I kind of understood what was going on, but like when she, like, I always know when it's coming on for myself, but like when she was little, she would just like sit in the car and she, uh, just wouldn't say anything. She, she right. never, she never th- gets sick. She would just get real quiet and all of a sudden she starts throwing up. And it's like, you, there's no indication, but she didn't know how to express it. You know what I mean? Right. She was like, oh, right. this is different. You know? <laughs> and all of a sudden she just started throwing up everywhere. And so, but yeah, it's like, yeah, when they, yeah, I think, yeah, just trying to, trying to figure out things and stuff. And, um, sometimes I think, uh, even, us as adults aren't always great at figuring ourselves out because we, we, like you said there, um, figuring out what works best for you. A lot of times we do what we're told, right? When you're younger, you, you right. do what your parents told you to, you do what the doctor told you to. And so when you're older, you do those same things, right? This is what you do when you're sick. And then you get like, for me, uh, like I said, eating a lot helps me getting outside moving. But when you're younger, they told you, you know, stay inside, eat soup and crackers, you know, <laughs> and just like, uh, not, not do anything. And I was like, I, I feel if I stay inside all day, like I get a headache and I, I start not feeling very good. And so I think just experimenting and finding out what, what works best for you is, uh, definitely kind of the way to go there. Yeah. I think another thing to highlight here is almost like leaning into the placebo effect a little bit mm-hmm. like for whatever reason that coach told you like no you got to eat healthy and then you justify right. it or you got to eat a lot when you're when you're sick yeah, rather yeah. and you justify it by like oh your body needs the calories to fight and whatever and it's like okay yeah. the, the logic like it flows <laughs> like whether that's scientifically accurate or yeah. not like it doesn't doesn't really matter but like yeah. if you believe it to be true then it then it kind of can be true right. and it's as long as it's not detrimental to whatever's going on it right. can then feel like oh yeah this is making me feel better and your mood might be a little bit better and you might just do other things like that's yeah. so interesting to me about being sick like my number one thing when i ever 
feel a cold coming on is like I just try to ignore it as much as possible. Yeah. Like I yeah. deny that it's even happening. And then yeah. and that tends to help. Like I very rarely get sick and when I do it's very quick. Um but for me like that's a it's been an effective strategy. Now sometimes it just like smacks you in the yeah. face and it's unavoidable and you can't ignore it, but literally just ignoring it sometimes can be uh can be an effective thing because you can use the placebo effect to your to your advantage. Right. No, that that's <laughs> funny you say that because yeah, like this is the first time I've been sick in a really long time and my wife always tells me, she's like, you never get sick. And I was like, because I can't get sick. I don't get sick. And I, I would just always say, I was like, I don't get Like all the kids would be sick and I'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, that's okay. I'm not going to get it. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I never did. I never got the things that they yeah. did. And my, my luck kind of ran out on that. But, but yeah, I, I, I do think that is a thing. Like even when I felt, yeah, if I feel like a cold going on, I was like, yeah, I'll be fine when I wake up, you know? And I was like, and then somehow, you know, I'm able to just block it out of my mind. I don't think about it the rest of the day. And I wake up the next day and I'm fine. And so, I mean, I think I think there is some validity to that. You know, someone, you know, it's like uh, you fall down, hit your elbow. You know, if you, if you think about it all day long, it's going to hurt a lot more. It's like when people have injuries, they feel it a lot more at night. Why? Right. Because that's the only thing they're doing. They're laying there. You know, they're thinking <laughs> that's that's the only thing. They're they're not they're not occupied with other things and stuff. And so yeah, I think they're probably and those things are hard to to you know test and say this is actually what's going on. You know what I mean? But I think yeah, I I, I think the the mind's a pretty cool thing. I'm gonna make a little bit of a leap here in yeah. in, in the mindset side of this. Mm-hmm. Something that is very commonly just talked about or accepted as a generic truth is that like after you have kids, everything gets harder after you have kids, you know, you have less time, you have less energy, you don't sleep well, your workouts are going to suffer all that stuff. And to some extent, like, of course that is, that is true. Like you have more responsibility and more things happening in your life than you did previous to that. So of course there's more, there's more variables, but you know, you work with a lot of dads and with a lot of parents. Do you Uh find that there's a difference in, people's results when they kind of believe that idea too much versus people who are like, yeah, I have kids, but like, I can, I can still do it. Like, yes, I have to deal with that, but it's also, I can get my stuff done versus like, oh my gosh, I have so many things going on. I don't know how to schedule. I don't know how to get the kids, you know, going doing their stuff and also take care of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you nailed it there with you know, just having that mindset. Um, I, I was, uh, my wife and I were kind of the first ones out of kind of like our friends, family members, like our age to have kids. And so, um, we kind of went through it, um, alone. Like we, my, my son is, um, a, a couple years older than his oldest cousin. And so it's like, we, we had a gap there and, and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think, um, and so, yeah, when, I mean, obviously, um, just being involved in fitness and things like that. Like I had some tools already, right? When, when you have one kid and, um, you, you don't know what you don't know. They always say, they always say like, um, you know, like, you know, you'll do stuff different with your second kid or your third than you did your first kid. And you're like, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> and like, but it's true. Like it's, it's definitely true. Like I remember like when, when my son was younger, like we never like left him alone. Like we never like let him play. We always wanted one of us to be with him. Right. And uh, now that we have three, like my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she'll be, she'll be one here on Christmas Eve. Um, she'll just go into the bedroom by herself and play. And, uh, well, the, the other two, the, those three will just be in the living room playing and stuff like that. And so it's just like different, different perspective. Uh, I was actually, uh, <clears throat> 
it was yesterday I was talking to somebody and he, he's got a, a son who's like 16 months old and stuff and he's just finding it really hard to work out and stuff. And it's, it's really common. It's really common. I, you know, I've worked with, um, uh, a few dads who they feel bad about leaving their daughter alone with their wife. And in my head, I'm like, well, why do you, why do you feel bad? You know, like, well, like what, what's going on? Like to me that that's where this, some communication comes in. Um, I wasn't, when my when my son was born, I felt bad. I, I understood that feeling. I, I didn't feel bad leaving my son with my wife. I felt bad leaving them in general. Like I I wanted mm. to go work out, but I felt like guilty. Like I got to get it done quick. You know, I got to get it, it felt done like, quick. Did it feel so selfish? Is yeah, that, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like selfish. Like my my wife. Like um like she's the one breastfeeding. You know that the kids are kind of more attached to her, you know, and so just sure. having, especially as young, they have more of that connection. And so I felt like I need to, the, the, the more I can, I, I need to be there. Right. So when I got done with work or whatever, I was, I was there and stuff like that. But then I, I kind of found like, I wasn't there, you know, mm. like I was thinking, I, I want to go do my workout. I want to go do that. And so it's like, then I'm just like, all right, when's he going, you know, like not, not when's he going to bed, but like once he goes to bed, I'm going to do this. So I'm just thinking ahead. So I wasn't very present. Right. I wasn't very present. So um, that's one thing that was important for me is just making sure I do get those workouts done. Because once I get it done, I don't think about it. I like I get Monday's workout done. I'm not thinking about Wednesday's workout. You know what I mean? I, I think about Wednesday's workout on Wednesday. Yeah. But if I, if I was supposed to do Monday's workout at nine in the morning or something, and it's noon and I haven't done it. Okay, I'm going to do it at six. And I haven't, you know, it's like, it's something that's constantly on my mind the whole time. And so I got pretty good. I, I found for me that that definitely helped. Um, if I got done the things I needed to, it helps kind of ease me. It helped me be more present where I'm just, then I'm there. I'm just playing, you know, then it doesn't matter. Um, one thing I wasn't very good at was allowing my wife to work out. And mm. so like I, I focused a lot on me, you know, like how can I get my workout in and stuff? And I never even considered like, you know, I thought like, you no, know, she had time off work and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, she's like here all day. So, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, just like not, not being a great husband, you know, and just like, um, so that like definitely a learning experience there. And so, um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think it does come down to like, what, what are you willing to do? I used to not be a morning person. I was a, <coughs> sorry about that. Uh, I was a, uh, uh, yeah, just very much a night, a night owl. Um, but part of that is kind of like you said, the mindset I, I told myself I was, I, I've never been a morning person. So I struggled to get up in the morning. Um, and when my son was first born, it worked out really well because we would just trade off times, you know, he's wakes up, he goes to sleep, he wakes up at this time, you know, he's like pretty, pretty kind of on a schedule. And so I would just stay up like he would be up at like midnight and I would just stay up till midnight and then I would just keep him with me till three o'clock. Um, I watched 27 Marvel movies in like three weeks. <laughs> you know, just like uh, what else are you supposed to do from midnight to three? You know, I yeah. watched every single Marvel movie in order. <laughs> and then like my son, I would just like hold him while he's sleeping or have him sit next to me, turned away from the TV. <laughs> just like, um, and then when Endgame came out, went and saw that, you know, I was all caught up real quick. But, uh, <laughs> and so, but I was like that to me, it worked, it worked. But then, you know, like my wife would get him at like three o'clock and stuff, but then like I'm sleeping in, you know, I, I've been, I went to bed at three. So like I'm sleeping in. And so probably a couple of years ago, I, I, I made it a point to become a morning person um, because I felt like maybe it wasn't natural to me, mm -hmm. but I felt like it was necessary. 
And so then I started realizing like, well, if I can become a morning bird, I can work out in the morning. I can get this like that. I, and I kind of front load, I kind of front load the days, like the more I can get done in the morning, then I don't have to worry about it later on because something's going to come up, right? When I'm up at 530 in the morning, most days, I say most days, most days the kids aren't up <laughs> at 530 in the morning. And so I know that that's my time. And so that's something, that's something with like clients, I try and open them up to. You don't have to get up at 530, right? But if you're normally getting up at 7, could you could you get up at 630, right? Right. A little cough attack here. We'll pause for one second. <laughs> you Sorry good? about that. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to mute it so I didn't yeah. <laughs> break everybody's eardrums there, but... <laughs> I was just uh, live, live commentating it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Tony Romo there. <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, uh, but yeah, I think, and that, that's something I want to work with. And just like a lot, a lot of times it's just rearranging the schedule, right? I used to work out in the evenings, but now I, if I work out in the evening, I can't get to sleep. But right? yeah. if I can't get to sleep, I'm not going to get up early. If I don't get up early, I'm not getting done when I want. It just becomes like this cycle here. And so I think a lot of it is mindset. Um, and just just one of the things just I, I, I think that is really important when you're first starting out is being open to new things, right? Like your life before a dad is never going to look the same. You know, I, I think that's hard. I think that's hard for a lot of dads too, especially if you're a young dad, right? And you don't have a lot of like friends or anything going through it. And that can be hard, like, because you don't understand in the moment you don't understand, like my life will never be the same. You know what I mean? It's like, but it's a, to me, like, it's a good thing. You know, it, it like a lot of good things have come out <laughs> of that. And so it's like, um, it, it's just different. It's, and it takes hard. And like, I, I think that's something that's, um, and I'm sure you, you can attest to this too with your clients is that like change is hard, right? It's, and it's, it's supposed to be like, if you, if you started a new job today, there's a good chance it's going to take you a month or so to, you know, to, to get used to it, to feel comfortable. You'll have regrets. Like you'll, you'll have second, should I have left this job? Should I do this? And it's like, that's a, that's a very human experience. It's very normal. And so same thing goes with like, you know, when you start with a client, they're starting an exercise program, they're starting a, a new diet it's going to be rocky for a little bit, right? And it's like, that's that's a normal part of it. And, you know, that's why people come to you, right? That's why people come to us to to help them along along that that journey is up. But I think uh <clears throat> I think I kind of deviated from the original original question there, but hopefully hopefully that made a little bit of sense. No, it made a ton of sense. I mean there was a lot of a lot of good things there. Two things that I kind of want to zero in on. One thing that you mentioned um early on in that was this concept of if I don't get my workout in at 9am and then it's noon and I'm thinking about my workout and then it's kind of consuming your day. I was at, um, James Smith and and Chris Williamson did like a little tour thing and they were in Toronto and I was there. It was just this past Sunday. So it's very fresh in my, in my mind. And, um, I did a podcast episode about this like last one, but one of the main things that James was talking about with this, there was a very fancy term that he used and I can't remember what it was, but it's about, it was about closing thought loops in your head. So it's like, you know, if you have, if your workout is scheduled at nine, get it done at nine because it's just yeah. going to be on your mind, kind of taking up some mental space until right. it gets done. And I thought that that was so, uh, so well said and so clear and true for so many different things and not even about fitness, just like anything. Like one example that he used was, you know, you go for dinner and you're, you can't remember if you lock the door or not. And so mm-hmm. that whole time at dinner, 
you know, you're just thinking like, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? Is someone breaking in my house? Like what's going on? And then yeah. it consumes whatever you're doing and you're unable to be present in whatever it is you're doing, work, social life, anything. Yeah. So, so just wanted to kind of circle back to that. But the second thing was becoming a morning person is a super tactical thing. I think we should, we should talk about, and not that morning people are better than night owls or whatever, but like for the most part, and I've realized this a lot more this year, especially in the back half of this year is most people are like back to work in office, if not full time, but at least like, you know, there's some sort of hybrid kind of model going on Yeah. where now people don't have the opportunity to work out in the middle of the day. So they're feeling squeezed because, oh, my boss needs this thing. And you know, it's five o'clock. I'm supposed to be in the gym, but I've still got to stay at the office. I've got to do this. And the solution really is like, if you schedule it in the morning, like there's a good chance that nothing is coming up at 7 a.m. That's yeah. going to knock you off your day. So if you can organize your life around getting your workout in in the morning before work, before the chaos of the day ensues, mm-hmm. that is going to set you up for success. So in your transition from becoming a self-proclaimed night owl to a morning person, what are some of the very tactical tactical things that you did to actually make that switch happen for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, a couple things I did. Um, the the first one I and I think um, I think had the probably the biggest impact on it. Um, so I uh, a couple a couple other coaches um, that I know we used to meet in like a small study group um, once a week or so, but we would kind of share resources with each with each other. And he uh, recommended a book called The Miracle Morning. Um, it's by Hal Elrod. Yeah, Hal Elrod. Elrod, Hal Elrod, but he, it's a, a really good book, really good book. He had, he, uh, Hal has a really cool story too, if you've ever read it, but I've read a couple of his other books, but, um, there, there was, there was a part in the book where he talked about, um, he always like told himself, I need like eight hours of sleep or something. And so he, he like, he like put this to the test. So then he was like, but then he told himself like he was going to be excited in the morning and, and I, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exact words, but he, he was going to be excited in the morning and be full of energy, do all this stuff. And then, so he tested it with seven hours. Then he tested it with six hours. Then he tested it with like five hours of sleep and stuff like that. And he realized like he could get just as much done if he told himself like, I'm going to be full of energy and stuff like this. And so it's like how he did. And so to be honest, that's one of the biggest things that helped me. I was like, cause when I started getting up in the morning, it, it was very unnatural for me to uh, go to bed earlier. So that, that's always right. been my hardest getting up. I kind of, I got that, like, this is the time I get up, you know, I'm gonna, but then I was, I was doing it on like five, six hours of sleep every night and stuff. And so like the morning I was great, you know, I was like, I was fine in the morning. And then the afternoon came and I was, you know, I, I need a nap. Crash, and I was yeah. like, well, it kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, and so, um, <laughs> but so that, that, to be honest, that was one of the biggest things. <clears throat> that was one of the biggest things. And he kind of has like, you know, he's like the, the checklist of different things to do in the morning. So you can tailor it to yourself and things like that. Um, and not everybody has, you know, 30, 60 minutes to, to do all of that, which is, which is fine, you know, tailor it to yourself. But uh, one thing that helped me is give me something like I'm excited for. Um, and like I said, I, I used to have that, like in the evening, I was a night house, so I'd have time to myself in the evening, everybody's in sleep. And so I just switched it to the morning. Now it looks right. a little different now. It's not as long and stuff. And I, it looks a little different now, but, um, that, that's why, that's why I enjoy it. And, um, and then if the, like the earlier I get up to, sometimes it, it'll give me time to go for a walk. And, mm. uh, I, I don't know if you, 
ever are outside at 5:30 in the morning, but it is peaceful. It is, <laughs> it is, it is awesome. It, it is like, it, it's something it, I, I got excited about it. It was just like, I always loved, like, I always thought it was cool. Like seeing like the, the, the sunrise in the morning, like when you're at the beach or something like that. And I was like, that I love it. I was just like so tired, you know, every time I saw, cause I was like going to bed so late, but I just, I just like, I guess I just found things that excited me. Um, and like, that was my time where, um, I had had to myself and I, I looked, I looked forward to it and stuff. And so that, that was kind of the biggest thing and just switching and then kind of understanding why am I doing this? Right. right. Um, well, like why, why am I doing this? If I got up at, if I get up at seven, it still gives me plenty of time to have a productive day, but my kids are usually up just before seven or sometimes earlier. And so, and so if I wake up at the same time as them, then you're in it right away. Right. You're, right. you're, you're, you missed that me time. Exactly. And so like I, and I, I kind of realized that cause I kind of tinkered around with it cause I didn't have to be like, I, I didn't have to, I didn't have my first meeting or whatever I was doing until like eight o'clock. And so I was like, why am I getting up at five thirty, Right. And so I was like, well, I got, that's two and a half hours. But, um, <laughs> and so then I started like pushing it back later and later and later. And then I realized like, I am much more relaxed. I'm in a much better mood. If I have that, you know, even if it's just 30 minutes, right? Even if it's just 30 minutes, if I, if I can get some stuff done and just, you know, start the day off right, then the rest of the day seems to flow a little better too. And so I'm um, just kind of putting those things together. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, getting to bed, getting to bed at a decent time is still hard for me. Um, it, that, that, it, that hasn't really, I mean, it's gotten a little easier. It's gotten a little, especially if you get up consistently early, cause then you'll just be tired and yeah. you, know, you know, but like, yeah. like now, like I'm, uh, my, my sports consumption has gone way down since, since I've had kids, <laughs> I just have barely watched anything, but, um, I still keep up with the NFL. Um, and so like the, you know, the, the third the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, the Monday night, you know, they all go till 1030. By the time I wind down after that, you know, it's, it's even, and it's even later for you, your East coast. And so it's, it, yeah. yeah, it just, it just makes it, uh, that makes it a little challenging on a couple of those days, but I was like, yeah, like the, the chiefs were bad for so many years and now, now we're great. So I'm going to stay <laughs> up and watch them. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, and then they get all the primetime games too. So it all, it's, it's always, I I love, we have a noon game this Sunday. I'm so, I, I love noon games. I was like, we, we, yeah. we had like one noon game the entire year, <laughs> but, but yeah. And so that, that no, that's right. kind it's, of, it's real hard to just, sorry, go ahead. it's real hard to justify sometimes staying, staying up late. Cause you know, it's going to be tired to watch like a, a crappy Thursday night game. It's like, I'm going to go to bed yeah. at midnight to watch like these two garbage teams yeah. that I don't care about. None of my fantasy yeah. guys are even in this team, like in this game, like nothing, nothing's right. going on and I'm going to stay up late for, for what? Right. And it's like, you're not really right. missing out on anything, but you can right. fall into that trap so easily of like, if I don't stay up, I'm going to miss into the things. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's probably true for everyone. Kids are not, but it's like after kids, then it's, Again, I'm assuming because I don't have kids, but yeah. your life is not going to be the same as before. You can't just yeah. like gas Thursday night and 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 waste Friday morning because like there yeah. there are people who are like very much depending on you to like live. So you being totally exhausted and a complete wreck on Friday, you still got to get all the same th- same things done. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's funny you should say that because the Chargers and Raiders play tonight, and the game's going to be not very good. And I'll probably watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll stay up to the end of the fourth, but, but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, changing it, changing it. Yeah. And 
No, what you said about uh, Friday morning too. A lot of people do cash it in on you know a Thursday night. I, I uh, uh, during the spring and fall, um, I play in a old man softball league, um, which is which is a lot of fun. But we somehow I don't know. If old one man, of our, you're th- you're yeah, thirty. No, I know. Well, I'm like one of the youngest guys <laughs> on the team. So, <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't know if somebody on our team ticks tick the league manager off or something. But we always get the. Uh, the, the nine o'clock games and so it's yeah. we always like we're done at 10 by the time we get home you know it's like i i go home like after that, i go home but it still takes me forever. a lot of them will go out to the bar and have a drink i was like how do you guys go to work the next day i was like i'm, I'm so yeah. tired like it takes me an hour to stretch after playing two softball games <laughs> i was like but yeah and then then friday morning you know I, I try and get up relatively the same time after that and yeah it's just completely unproductive day for the most part you know like if, if i get to bed that late and so i know and i know for me like uh i don't do very well on little sleep um and maybe that's something i need to work on my mindset with that too but as like i uh it, it's weird like there's this like if i get like seven i, I feel really good if i get five i feel yeah. really good but if i get like six i feel terrible and so it's like i either gotta get a little bit i gotta get a little bit or i gotta get more than that. It's probably something with sleep cycles or something. I don't know. but <laughs> 100%. Because I've noticed the same thing for me. I'm also very... I, I'm very sensitive to changes in my sleep pattern. Mm. And I'm not sure if this is just me being like a bit of a baby or it's, mm. it's because my sleep pattern is like... It's pretty dialed. Like it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Give or take, you know, 15 to 20 minutes every yeah. single day. And so any deviation from that, like I, I really feel it. And I and I hate that because I kind of just, I, maybe I anticipate it coming and I know that it's going to happen. And so it, it yeah. makes it even worse, but I know how, how to make myself feel good in any deviation. I think this is one of the, the, the downsides of fitness, if you will, the very few downsides of like living a quote unquote healthy lifestyle is like when you do something that's outside of that, you really feel it versus the people who kind of do that stuff all the time. They kind of always feel a little bit less than good. Yeah. And so- that is just normal for them versus when you feel like pretty good all the time, when you feel like less than that, it it really, it really hits you. But there's definitely some like placebo effect, ignoring it that can, that can come into that as well. But I think the most important thing is like doing what you can for the most part to not let things deviate your, your, your sleep schedule or whatever your, your habits are. It's very rare that I get knocked off my sleep schedule, but when it does, I feel it. It's just, it doesn't happen very often. So it's not, it's like not really an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I, I, I completely agree with that when I, before I had kids, yeah, I would, you know, it always seemed like, you know, the night I was like super tired and I, yeah, I try and go to bed like an hour or two early. That's the night I can't sleep. Right. Maybe cause I was so, so used mm-hmm. to a schedule, but that's, that's one thing. Yeah. And I, I didn't mention that earlier. Um, having a consistent wake up time has allowed me to, not worry so much about that, I guess. And so like, if like I try and get to sleep 10 or 10 30 gives me roughly seven hours of sleep. And I like, I found that's pretty good for me. I would love to get eight, but getting to sleep by nine 30 is pretty challenging for me right now. Or, and so it's just like, right. if I can get seven, you know, I'm happy with that. And so, but there are nights, you know, I'm up with my daughter, or I just can't sleep or something. And it's midnight. And then I just know like, I'm probably going to get like five hours of sleep here. But having that consistent wake time has kind of taken away some of that anxiety because before I'd be like, all right, I need eight hours of sleep. If I go to bed at 930, I can get up at five. You know what I mean? It's like, or oh, I fell asleep right. at eight o'clock tonight. Oh, I'm going to get up at 
I'm going to get an extra hour and a half and then I'm up at midnight, can't fall back asleep or something, you know? And so it's like that, that's something that's helped me. And maybe, and like I said, having something to do, like if I get up in the morning, I'm doing something right away. Right. Um, I'm doing something right away. I have something planned and that starts from the night before. Uh, I'm very big. I'm very big in scheduling. Um, I'm a, I, I love my Google calendar. Um, I, I put everything on there. I put my lunchtime on there. I put my, my, be- my bedtime on it. Like I put everything on there um, because it helps me. It helps keep me. And then I'll leave some gaps too. just this takes a little longer and things like that. But it, but it helps me because <clears throat> if I, um, what is it? The Parkinson's principle of like, something's going to take up the amount of time you, you, you allow it to. So if like, if I'm like, all right, well, I have this task to get done today. I have my workout. I'm like, all of a sudden, like it's an hour and a half and I'm still, I'm still doing something. But if I'm like, all right, I got 45 minutes, you know, this is what I'm doing at the end of that time. I'm done. So that like that, that helps me with my morning because I know like I, I, I cut off everything at 6:45 in the morning because one of the three kids is going to be up (laughs) and then, and so it's like, I know I I have to get this done too. And so, yeah, just, just scheduling it, get it, getting it done in the morning, having something and knowing what I'm going to do. If if I don't have something to work on when the morning or don't have something planned, there's a good chance I'm not getting up that morning to do it. So are you always trying to plan like a work thing that's more productive in the first thing in the morning so that you're getting up and going right away? Or are you planning uh, you know, a walk or stretching or just like having your breakfast yeah. or what, what does it look like? And is it always the same? Um, <clears throat> so I've tinkered around with it. I used to have two, like I kind of had like a morning routine what I do. And then I had like a most important task for like work things and stuff. And I've tried doing that first and then doing like personal stuff first. Um, I've kind of gone back to just doing like just some me time, some things to get done in the morning, um, things like that. And then, um, trying to go for a walk. Um, if it, like I, I would, I would, in, I would prefer to go for a walk every single morning, but I know if I do that, other stuff is going to get pushed aside and it's not going to get done the rest of the day. And so, um, sometimes I'll do half and half. Um, sometimes, um, it, it, on the weekends, on the weekends, I like to go for a run early in the morning. Um, there's a, there's a loop I do. And at the end of the loop, there's a, there's a gas station. So that's like my reward there. So it's a, I don't know, it's probably close to two miles. And so I'll run there, grab a drink in the morning or something, and then I'll walk home or something. And so, um, that, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, the misses with, with some of the, like the morning routine, personal development kind of hard o people online is like it's it's so unrealistic to do that 30 minute hour long morning routine every single day i'm like you i would love to go for like a one hour walk every single day first thing when i wake up in the morning mm-hmm. but like sometimes that's just not the way it goes and like yeah. most of the time that's not the way it goes now it doesn't mean you have to not this is the other part that's missed on the on the flip side of it because you can't do 
the fullest extent of your morning routine. You can't do a, a 45 minute walk and you can't do a, a 25 minute meditation. And you can't do like a, you know, 10 minutes of journaling and five minutes of stretching. And you can't, because you can't do all of that. It doesn't mean do none of it or do like yeah. a very abbreviated version. Like your walk could be five minutes long, walk to the end of the street, you know, to the stop sign and, and come back. Yeah. You can do like a three minute meditation instead of a 20 minute meditation or right. whatever the things are that you have to do. And then, and then you can get into your day and then sprinkle those things Otherwise, especially for anyone who has like appointments or you've got to be at work at a certain time, like there are time sensitive things happening in your mm-hmm. day rather than just get it done when you when you can get it done. Yeah. And so I think that that's probably a big a big part of it, too, is being flexible to understand, like, these are the things that I need to do, but then I can do it within like this window of time allotment to to, to put into that task. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, and when I, when I, when I, when I first would get up in the morning, I, I got very much caught up in that. Like, I would feel like if I didn't do exactly these things, like I feel kind of off. And so that's mm-hmm. why, that's why I kind of pushed off like some of the work related items till later in the day. I was like, I'm still scheduling that block each day. It's just not necessarily going to get done in the morning because I, I felt like I was trying to do like, um, <clears throat> for instance, like, um, if you've ever done like a, a 30 day challenge or something like a stretching challenge or a running challenge or something, it's like you do these two stretches and you think, Oh, like two stretches. Well, I'm going to do three stretches. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this one. And then I, all of a sudden it becomes four. All of a sudden it becomes a 30 minute routine. And then you miss a day because you feel so overwhelmed, you know, and all you had to do is those two stretches and things like that. And so, um, that's how I kind of got in the mornings where it was like, this is what I want to do. And that's, that's one thing he talks about too in the, in the, in the, the book, the miracle morning where he was like, this would be your ideal morning, you know, but here's what you can get done in five minutes. You know, it's like, you, you, like yeah. you're not, you're not always going to have it. And I was like, that, that, that's kind of helped shape me. Like for a long time I, I had that and I probably still do to some extent, kind of that all or nothing, you know, like uh, if I, if I can't do everything, I just, I just want to do nothing. And, you know, I was like, I, I'd rather do it perfect than, you know, than just do some of it. And right. so I think that, that that's hard for me to get out of sometimes and so um but yeah like like i said i uh i very much enjoy the mornings now it's funny if you like i asked my wife that i was like if i would have told you when when our son was born like if i would be a morning if i'd be up at 5 30 every day and i was like would you would you believe me she was like no way but i was like but which i which i think is cool right because like my, my son is he'll be five in April. So it's not that long ago, right? It's like not that, not that long ago. And I was like, I'm, right. I do a completely different routine than I did then. And so I think that I, and to me that's encouraging. Cause it's like, well, what else can I learn? Right. What else, what else can I, you know, figure out and add to my life or subtract? Like there, there's, like I said, talk about sports. Like I used to watch, like I'm a, I'm a big uh, Kansas city Royals baseball fan. And so I used to watch every single game, 162 games a year. I'd watch every single one. And I was like, I, wow. I think, yeah, I think, I think this past year I watched one game. <laughs> it's like, it's like, not that yeah, I stopped caring about baseball. Well, I, I went to, I, I went to one game. I think I watched one on TV and it's just like, I just, have different priorities now, you know, it's like, and so I think, I think it's kind of, kind of ebbs and flows and things like that. But like, I started going to taking, you know, the kids to events and stuff like that. So that's fun. My my son's starting to, you know, understand what's going on with when we go to games and stuff. And so he's excited. So I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever he enjoys and stuff like that, I'll probably get more into and stuff. But yeah, I think, I I think that, I, I mean, just for me, um, just not being a morning person to, getting up every single morning at the same time. It's like, um, 
just looking back in the time, like you do it day to day. I'm not sitting here thinking like, man, look how far I've come. You know what I mean? But it's like just sitting here talking, <laughs> talking to you about it. You know, it's like um, I, I think it's pretty cool because it's like that's something like I used to never do. So. Right. Do you consciously change any of your actions on a daily basis or, or make decisions based on like my kids are watching me and I'm setting the example for them. Like whether, whether you're, you're meaning for it or not, like they're obviously watching you and doing, doing what you do. Are there things that you do? That's like, huh, I, I do this differently because I think that my son's watching me and now he's like kind of old enough to like understand what's going on. If dad was just, you know, sitting on the couch every single day, watching baseball, ignoring, ignoring the family, eating, uh, you know, but, potato chips and smoking yeah. cigarettes and drinking whiskey like th- that's probably not the example that that you want to set but yeah. are, like not, I'm not saying that that's what you were doing but are there things <laughs> little things that you do differently that's like hey you know he, he he's watching or there the kids are watching and so I'm going to make this decision yeah um yeah I think um that, that's it may a good, not even really, be on purpose it may just be things you yeah. do by accident no that, I think that's a that's a good question um it's something I talk about a lot with people, right? Like, you know, setting the example, seeing how, um, and it's something, I, I think it's something that I, I've definitely become more aware of, you know, as my kids have gotten older because they ask a lot of questions, you know, they, they ask a lot of questions and, mm. um, like I, I, I know you and I have talked about this. Like I, I like tracking my food. I like tracking my food because like I, I have a, a purpose with it, right? If I'm, I'm trying to, you know, like hit my protein goal, I'm trying to track a specific measure, you know, but I, I've thought about that, you know, like my, my, my son's almost five. And so he's like, he, he understands what's going on. You know, my daughter understands what's going on too. And so it's like, um, I, I, I've, I've wondered like how, how, you know, I never, my parents ever tracked their food. Right. Um, my, my parents, never, but they right. did stuff. They did things like weight watchers. Right. When I was, young, they, they would do stuff like weight watchers and things like that, or, um, slim for life. And, um, and I, I what were they the the shakes like the were they slim for life shakes or something anyway the little chocolate weight I know anyway. you're talking about but I can't remember yeah the brand. yeah yeah and like my parents used to drink those right and like when I was younger like I I like drink like three or four of them you know and I was just like yeah like I'm I'm getting stronger yeah. I'm getting I'm getting slimmer you know and all this <laughs> stuff and it's like I didn't know any of that and I was like but but you know I was eight years old nine years old and that you know that sticks in my mind you know I get it. and so it's like I I thought about that stuff it's just like for me, like, I, I don't have, like, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not attached to tracking it. Like, I don't have a negative relationship with it. it I just know it works for me. Like, I, I feel no right. way about it. It's just something I do. You know, it, right. it, it, I don't feel stressed about it. And so, to me, that's not unhealthy. Like, I, you know, but for kids to see that, for me to pull out the scale and wait, you know what I mean? It's just like, but I think it's, I think it's a, a, a teachable moment, right? Um, like why, why is dad weighing his steak? Well, you know, I'm trying to hit this goal. So I think that's, a, you know, I'm trying to get enough, pro- well, what's protein, you know what I mean? And just like, uh, I'm trying to get, you know, my calorie goal. And so it's like, I think that's a teachable moment there because a lot of stuff like that, I didn't learn until I was in college, you know, I was, and so <clears throat> I think, I think, you know, I think those can be, that, that's something. Um, I, I like the, uh, the ghost energy drinks. Um, I don't know if you've had those, but they're, uh, um, 
they've got they've got some good flavors and so it's like I'll, I'll drink those and that that's something i think about too it's like there's there's zero sugar there are no calories or whatever but it's like that's something i think about you know like my kids know like this is what dad drinks you know what i mean and so it's right. like um i think things like that that I'm, I'm definitely more aware of that um water i i my kids don't see me drinking a lot of water and my son struggles to get enough water and throughout the day and he'll get headaches and so i'm trying to like when I'm around him, you know, I'm drinking, drinking water, you know, I'm not saying like, Hey buddy, you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a sip here, you know, it's just like, but just things like that, things like that. I think, um, I would say I'm trying to be more intentional with and stuff and just like, um, with like fruits and vegetables and stuff. Like my, my wife and I try really hard not to just like force it on them. Like we, we'll, we'll just mm-hmm. put a bunch of options at, at dinner and stuff like that or lunch. And we just have them like, we just have them there. Like they see me grabbing something and they see me grabbing, you know, we got the pasta, the meat, the whatever, whatever we're eating, the vegetables. And I'm just grabbing all and I'm just eating. Hey, buddy, do you want some? No, no, that's OK. Like, all right. And then later on, he might grab some, you know what I mean? And just think things like that. Right. But letting him see me, you know, if I'm just getting steak, that's it. You know, like no, yeah. nothing else is on my plate. You know what I mean? So it's like I've tried. I've definitely been more intentional about that. Like with every meal, I'm trying to have a vegetable, right? I'm trying to have you know, fruit throughout the day and let them like, this is what I snack on. Like I'm not grabbing a granola bar every single time. You know, it's like you can have a granola bar. That's fine. But like grabbing an apple too, I'm grabbing a banana too, you know, just, just making it a normal thing, I guess. It's like, cause a lot of times, a lot of times I would do that. Like I would eat an apple. It was every day, but it'd be by myself when I'm working and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like just letting, letting them see more of that kind of like, um, uh, you know, just like letting them see you work out. Like my kids, like very rarely will they work out with me, but they know I'm working out. You know what I mean? Right. They know I'm working out. Um, they'll come back here. I've got a power tower, pull up bar, everything. They hang on in and everything and stuff. And it's just like, so just letting them see, just being more intentional about that. Like, and not, yeah, it, it is tough because like we, we want them to adopt these habits. Right. But a lot of that, I, I, I think, and probably more than, you know, parents want to admit a lot of that is going to be based on like what you do, right? And so it's like yeah. if, if I'm doing these things, there's a greater chance they're going to adopt that too. 100%. I mean, again, I don't have children, so I don't know it from personal experience in that, but it, it makes logical sense that people are going to do the thing that you are doing if you are someone that they look up to, which your kids, of course, look up to you. The other, the other side of that is not and I, th- I like that you really mentioned this is that not forcing it on them because it's like if I tell you that like oh you must have this broccoli and it's like you have to have this vegetable and you you can't leave the table until you have this like there, there's probably a time where like you need to you know force it a little bit but sometimes that might also backfire because now you're making it a big deal about having the broccoli versus like oh it's just there like I'm having it you're having it like it's all it's not if you don't teach a kid that like vegetables are this big scary thing that they need to have, then yeah. they won't learn that. Like that's not that I don't think that that's an inherent behavior, right? But if you're always yeah. forcing it on someone, then all of a sudden it's like, well, but dad always makes me like he makes me have this. He doesn't yeah. let me. He doesn't just like have it and 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 make not not a big deal of it, right? But he doesn't. But then he always tells me that I can never have like the chocolate, and I always want the chocolate because now I can't I can't have it and not understanding it, right? Like that's one thing yeah. that I notice in in my life and growing up like my mom uh, loves chocolate and like my mom's whole side of the family and so growing up we always had chocolate in the house mm-hmm. various forms of and it wasn't like a you know crazy t- amounts of it but there's always chocolate around and so i was always able to have 
a little piece of chocolate or a little piece of something, but it never made me want to like gorge on it because I was never really told like, oh no, you can't have that today or you can't have any of that. It's like, go have, have a piece and then move on. And so I'm very content now with being able to like have one, you know, small piece of cake or one piece of chocolate or one cookie Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, because it's something I was just always able to do. And it was never told no versus other people who may have been told like, no, you cannot, you can never have that. Like only on the weekends, only on special occasions, only right. at your birthday, whatever right. it is. And then when you have it, then you're just like stuffing your face with it. Cause you don't know when it's coming back. And yeah. so there's definitely like a sweet spot of like, okay, you know, we can't let kids have chocolate for every single meal all day long, but when can we, when can we put that in and just leading by example, right? If you're not making a big, a big deal of it, then they also won't make a big deal of it because they don't even know any different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and <clears throat> Yeah, we still have like Halloween candy left over. <laughs> so like uh, the two older yeah. kids would each have their have their bag of it. And so we'll tell them, like, yeah, you can have one of these. You know, you can have one. And then last night they were like, Dad, can we have as much as we want? I said, sure. I said, you can have as much as you want. They ate like two pieces there. And then you could tell like, yeah. they're starting to slow down. And I was like, they're really good. So they're really good at like stop. They're like, I'm done. Like I'm done with my right. food because it's very natural for people to stop eating like when they start to get full, right? <laughs> yeah. But for adults, you know, we push past that. We we got to finish the plate, right? We got to we got to clear that off. And so like they they're really good at just like stopping it and stuff. And so, um, but then like they ate like a little too much. I'm like, okay, like what, like and then we, then we talk about it. Like, hey, like well, what happened? If we ate a little, like you started to feel full, and you ate a little more. What happened? Well, my stomach started to hurt. Okay. So next time, you know, like what, what can you do? And so like, I mean, my kids are young and it's like, but I think it's important to like kind of go over stuff like that. Um, what well, one thing, um, uh, when you were talking about just like having the different foods there and stuff too, um, one thing that I've tried to be really intentional about is have like be pretty even keel with like everything. Like if it's like vegetables, sometimes I'll talk it up. Oh man, this is really good today or something like, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, like I always, I always like salt and pepper my vegetables. Like, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, they, they made a comment yesterday about how my green beans taste different than mom's. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> they, they got more flavor, but, <laughs> uh, but, but a lot of times, not, not, like, not that it's a competition, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it's competition, but mine but they, they, they eat more when I do it, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, they, uh, uh, but like one thing, one thing I've tried really hard is like even foods that I don't like, I don't let them know. And I, I don't know the the right way to go about that. Um, that, but I, I try not let them know. Um, so like if I, like, I like carrots, but like, for instance, I don't like carrots and I'm like, <clears throat> oh man, yeah, th- those aren't very good. Well, before they've even tried it, right? what are they going to, they already have this in their head that they're not going to like it so then they think oh that's gross you know what i mean and it probably tasted fine it's like brussels sprouts i don't know if i've ever had a brussels sprout in my entire life but i've had so <laughs> many people tell me they don't like it. i'm like why would i and then and then like my mom my mom eats brussels sprouts all the time which is kind of funny um um but she people she was like well what do you want to try it i'm like I have been told for 30 years that they smell and don't taste good. I was like, what is making them appetizing for me to, you know, like want to try and stuff. And so it's, I, I, I've tried really hard to do that. That, that is something like I have tried to be intentional on it. Just even foods like, like I'm not a big, like sour cream fan. Um, not, I mean, it's probably okay that I don't like sour cream, but <laughs> you know, it's like, um, but like my kids know I don't like it, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, like I don't like it. Like mom likes it. Like that's okay. You don't have to like just try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it, you know? And it's like, right. we're just very like nonchalant about it. And uh, my daughter's like, I like it. My son's like, yeah, I don't really like it that much. And I was like, that's okay. I was like, but 
And then we, we try and tell them like, um, let's, let's not say, cause then sometimes like, I don't like that. Well, did you try it? You know, like we, we always try and tell them like, you can't say you don't like it until you try it and stuff. And so then, then they end up trying different things and stuff. And like we, yeah, like I, I mean, I, I don't have all the answers when it comes to things like that. <laughs> These are, those are, those are some things that, you know, have worked well, well for us and stuff. And it just like, or, or sometimes I think the easiest way to learn sometimes is just think back like when you were a kid and then just like, what didn't work for you? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. not, not that like, like, not that like our parents made poor choices, but like we're definitely um, probably more nutritious conscious if, if that, mm-hmm. if, if that's a term, I, I don't know, I might have made that up there, but, um, but like, I think, I think we're just like, oh, and like, like I said, with a lot of food, you know what I mean? It's just like, People will be like, oh, I don't like that. That's, that's disgusting. Or this is awesome or something like that. And you already have this like, you know, like in, in your in your mind or something like that. And so it's like yeah. it's like when you meet somebody for the first time and somebody's like, oh, no, they're they're terrible. And then you meet them <laughs> and you're like in your head, you're already like, oh, like, yeah, what's so bad about them. it? Yeah, yeah you yeah, you prejudged them and it, then it makes it hard to like overcome that. Right. right. Or if they do one thing that aligns with what somebody else says, all of a sudden you're like, you're right. This is, you know, this is, this yeah. is exactly how they are. And so, yeah, we, we try and be pretty pretty just like nonchalant about food and stuff and just like uh and same thing too like <clears throat> we always try and like i i think i think if uh you you read stuff online a lot of a lot of coaches kind of make you believe like you have to eat every vegetable <laughs> you know you have to eat every <laughs> every fruit and i was like you that that's not really how it works you know what i mean i was like <laughs> no nobody's like yeah you have to eat every type of meat you know what i mean but it's like right i but i think you know i, I think people kind of get stuck like, i don't like a lot of vegetables i only like carrots, green beans asparagus you know <laughs> they start listing all these things and i was like that's a lot of vegetables <laughs> you know it's like you, you can just you can just cycle through those and stuff yeah. like that and yeah, I think yeah, which I think it's funny too because maybe maybe guys are more prone to that, but like that that's very common for the mm-hmm. clientele I work with. Is I you know I don't I don't eat a lot of it. I don't like vegetables and stuff. But then they're like, man, I love the. You know, they start talking. About, I was like, I just do more of that. You know, yeah. it's yeah, like you, you can know? you can eat asparagus three times a week if that's yeah. what you like. Like yeah, no no, like no it, one no one said you can't do that. It's yeah, certainly it's better like, than not eating any vegetables. Yeah, it's like I I used to take like spinach. And like, just throw it like a protein shake, like, but you can't taste it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You can't, yeah. t- but if you put like kale, you put like baby kale or something, you get this like leafy taste on it. And it's like, but like the spinach works. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing that. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, there's no, there's no rules that you can only have, you know, you can only have green beans once a week. You know, you don't have to yeah. switch it up, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that this whole thing is an interesting exploration for anyone, whether you have kids or not. Cause even for someone like me, if you think about like, if I'm setting an example for someone else, which, okay, let's not think about someone like me. Think about whoever is listening to this. If, if you're not a fitness professional, you're not in the field, you don't have children, like imagine you were setting an example for someone else. How would you want them to to behave? And then yeah. do those things, right? Hold yourself accountable to the standard that you want to set for other people. That's probably a better way to think about it for, for a lot of others because we do things that like we wouldn't tell someone else to do. And then when we talk yeah. about this in the context of children, it's oftentimes like more obvious because you can easier... You, it's easier to connect the dots between like my actions and then their actions uh-huh. versus like an, an adult's reactions to another adult's reactions. Like, especially in this world of like influencer stuff, we all see stuff online. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so does that. So I'm going to do that. If your yeah. favorite influencer started shitting on carrots for some reason, <laughs> if they, if they said it enough and you were a big enough fan of that person, 
I can almost guarantee that you might not like stop eating carrots, but you're going to like choose them less at restaurants. You're going to yeah. grab them less at the grocery store. You're going to start liking them less just because it's so much in your head about like, oh, I don't like carrots because influencer XYZ says so. Yeah. And and it's such an interesting thing. It's just more obvious with kids and, and less so with adults. But I, I don't think we're I don't think we're all really that different. No, I, I think uh uh, I, I always believe that adults are just really big kids, you yeah. know, it's like, um, the, every, everybody wants the same thing. Right. Um, we like, I mean, if you, if you, uh, look at like food patterns, you know, they're kind of the same kid, uh, kids that grow up eating burgers and fries for every meal, what are they going to eat when they're older? Same thing. Right. Yep. Like people, people like, you know, everybody, you know, grown men, you know, look, can look intimidating. They got this beard, they got these big arms and stuff, but they want the same thing everybody else wants. They want someone to listen to them. You know, they want someone <laughs> to care about them. They want, you know what I mean? I was like, um, and so it's like, I think when you, when you kind of, you know, especially like um, as a coach, like just breaking it down into simple terms, you know what I mean? Like you and I could sit here and talk about the science of things all day, but it's like, that's not a lot of value to people. Like most people don't, you don't, mo- most of the stuff we probably know or just have studied mm-hmm. isn't going to be a lot of value to to you know every everyday people and like that's okay like you know what i mean like we don't need to use the word hypertrophy with or, you know what i mean i was like i just want to get stronger i want to get big you know what i mean it's like they mean the same thing they mean the same and it's like with vegetables it's like well we need more vitamin a k and all this stuff it's like no we just need to eat more vegetables you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. a lot of, a lot of the stuff works itself out i think um i i think um sometimes we get really caught up and hitting those different things. And I think that with tracking, with tracking, you know, I, I could see how it could lead that way very easily, like hitting my protein goal where, um, you know, years ago, and I think it's still a thing, not nearly as big. It's the, the, if it fits in my macros, mm-hmm. um, uh, what would you call that movement or whatever? But, um, which I think there's a lot of good things that came out of that because people are tracking, tracking their macros, tracking calories, you know, and, um, but, you realize very quickly you could you could fill up that <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. could you could hit your calories and get like zero nutrition you could hit your yeah. calorie and protein goal and get almost no nutrition and so that's where if like if you if you're going to focus on calories and like protein like maybe hitting a fiber goal too cuz it's very difficult to hit your fiber goal if you're not getting some nutrition <laughs> right yeah. and it's like and so i think i think those are some things and like you know uh, uh, kelly starrett who's got the the ready state he was talking about like just like he has his kids just hit like a certain number of like grams of fruits and vegetables each day he's yeah. like you can mix and match and things like that and that, that's kind of the approach i adopted i was like for lunch i just try and have some vegetable each day i try to have right. some fruit each day and i don't i don't map it out i don't i don't know uh track exactly how much i have i just try and have something each day right going back to like the thing you were saying about your son or when you're you know measuring out a steak or something like that when talking about the uh, tracking in general i think a lot of the the downside or the negative effects of it comes from not understanding what's actually happening and so your son asking like hey dad why are you measuring that and you giving him an answer and it's not and the answer is not to lose weight. The answer is, oh, because I'm trying to hit protein. Well, why are you trying to hit protein, dad? What's protein? And you know, they'll ask a million questions. But for, for a lot of adults, they'll understand like, okay, I just need to hit this number of macros and that makes me lose weight. Not understanding 
what the macros are, what are nutrients, what why protein, why fats, why carbs, why fiber, why this, and and that's where the that's where the gap is. I remember the first time that I had ever been introduced to someone talking about the if it fits your macros. I was, I think I was in like grade twelve, maybe first year university. It was in the change room at the at the gym, and there was a guy there, and he and he was showing me like his own before and after pictures on his phone. He's like, yeah, I have like bacon, Oreos, like all this like junk food every day, and I'm like, that's not right like in my head i'm like this doesn't make any sense and he's yeah. like you know he was he was in pretty good shape i was like that's not right and i don't know this guy i don't remember what happened to him but it's missing the it's missing the point it's not just about losing weight because those calories and those macros they're going to count up whether you're tracking them or not they still count so yeah. it's like what are you actually trying to accomplish with that and if you can close that gap then then you take away all the negatives of tracking other than like if it's tedious for your time or whatever. personally for me it is but i still do it from time to time and use it with yeah. with many many clients but for me like it's not it's not the ideal a long-term thing for me, but obviously I have nothing, nothing against it. It's a phenomenal thing to do. I think everyone should do it for at least a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I think I've been tracking my food fairly consistently for probably about six years. Um, and like, to me, it's just what I do now, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and I, it, it makes it a lot easier because I eat pretty similarly like mm-hmm. most days. And so it's like, I most buy- people do. Right, right, right. And so it's like, it's not as hard. It's not as hard. Like, it's not as tedious as people make it seem yeah. to be. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, what if I go out to eat? What if I do this? And I was like, well, I think, I think you're, you're talking about what the actual issue is here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, it was like, I think, I think you're pointing it out here. And I was like, I think, you know, it's like sometimes the, the things that we're concerned about are the things that are probably the, things to be concerned about you yeah, know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. and so it's like it, the tracking is and, and like restaurants are pretty good too like they they give away all your calories and stuff and and people are always like oh well they're not accurate yeah they're probably more calories than you think and so if you look at the menu and it says 2200 calories and your calorie goal for the day was 2100 and i was like <laughs> maybe we should limit going out to you know what i mean so yeah, it's like yeah. and i was like that's the power of tracking so yeah, it just makes yeah. us aware you know what i mean i was like i just like the awareness hundred percent of it and start it's like and <clears throat> even now I'm learning new things and it's like I, I love steak, but I could tell you like four cuts of steak and there's like there's tons, right? And so just like lately I've just been buying different ones to see which one like learning how to cook them and which ones and all of a sudden I'm like, man, these ones are really lean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I right. was like, I can eat the same amount of this steak and it's you know, two thirds of the calories and stuff like that. And I was like, that's why I like tracking because it's just it, it just brings awareness to things it just, to me it makes it so much easier i don't i don't know like yeah. uh, uh i went through uh and i i think if i remember right you did uh, precision nutrition um i, I didn't but i under, i know didn't. a okay. lot of the principles and stuff yeah, yeah okay yeah so they have um you know like the hand portion sizes mm-hmm. and things like that and um uh, i uh i've had clients who have, we we used here they did, didn't want to track which i was like okay well we got to find another way to get you where I go. And so right. we, I, I kind of implemented some of those things and stuff. And so, um, for me, um, tracking was just what worked for me. You know, I've tried all these different, I've tried the hand port sizes, things like that. And, uh, you know, some of the principles like eating slowly, eating until satisfied, I always use those when I can't track. Right. right. Um, because it, it, it helps me just kind of listen to my body a little bit more. Cause for me, I'm somebody, you know, and it's funny because I wasn't, my parents never were like, you need to clean your plate. You need to clean your plate. Like, my parents weren't like that. 
But for some reason in my head, if the food's on my plate, I have to eat it. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, and so like that, that's something for me. It's just like, if you don't want to track, like, uh, I'm sure there's lots of different names, but I call it the small plate method, you know, just get a small plate, you know, fill it mm-hmm. up, whatever. And it's like, you're naturally going to eat less food. You know what I mean? It's, it's a way of tracking, right? It's a way of yeah. still doing it and stuff. And so, yeah, just like learning, learning different things like that, um, learning and that, uh, tracking actually, I think improved my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I first started tracking, I was tracking everything and I didn't know, like with like, uh, you know, like my fitness palette as well as calories. I was like, sweet. I get 700 extra calories. Today. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all of a sudden I'm not, you know, I'm not losing weight or anything and not figuring out what's going on. And so, um, but once I figured that out, um, and then all of a sudden I was like, man, I have like 300 calories left. I can eat this candy bar and I'm okay. You know what I mean? And I was like, it, it helps me realize like some of these food, right. these aren't bad foods, you know, right. with, with, uh, going back to like with our kids, um, we kind of talk about like, um, we call them sometimes foods like dessert. We call them sometimes foods. And so like even my daughter, she's two. She'll be like, is this a sometimes food? Like she'll, she understands like we can't have it every day. And so right. it, it, we talk about like food is food. Like some has more nutrition, some has less, some's better for you. Some, some's not quite as good, but there's a place for all of it and stuff. And like tracking just allowed me to be like, you know, 360 calories is still 360 calories, whether it's a candy bar or steak one of them just has, you know, a little bit more nutrition. So Right. No, I think that that's huge. I mean, I'm super big. Everyone who's a listener of this podcast knows like the awareness piece is, is huge in your exercise, in your nutrition. And I guess like tracking, like as you were talking about it, I thought about it. And it's like I said, you know, a few minutes ago that like I don't really track myself and with a lot of clients, but I do. I just don't. Uh, and I do with everyone and with myself. It's just not necessarily weighing and counting every single calorie but there's still there's still an element of tracking whether that be feeling fullness writing it down like there's some element of it it's just like there's different there's different levels to it but you have to be aware of it otherwise if you're not aware aware of it and how it's making you feel like you're saying when your kids you know they get into the candy and it's like after two it's like oh you know my my tummy hurts and i'm just gonna stop now right if you can if you can listen to that then then you'll actually be able to stop instead of just being totally unaware of how that food is affecting your body and then this is when you've eaten you know 15 pieces of candy before before you know what happened yeah yeah and and that's one thing that's one thing i do too with um because uh, the majority, yeah, majority of my clients are dads, and so we, we, I, and this is kind of an approach that I try and take most of the time too. Is that their biggest thing is they don't want to make separate meals from their family, right? Right. Which I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I don't want to either, right? And so, <laughs> like, one, we can do two things, right? We can either improve the quality of our meals for our families, <laughs> right? Which, <laughs> which seems probably like a good choice, or don't track for dinner. Right. And so it's like, <clears throat> what, what I do is I eat breakfast alone each day. Like I'm usually, I don't eat um, breakfast right away. Um, I don't intentionally intermittent fast. Um, I just I'm not hungry. And so I, I usually wait a little bit lunch. I'm typically on my own. And so I track breakfast. I track lunch. I track my snacks. I track everything up until dinner. And then for dinner, I eat slowly. I eat until satisfied. You know what I mean? I just, I just go slow. And then, you know, if I'm, trying to lose weight or things like that, uh, I'll probably track dinner a little closer. Uh, if I'm being a more, if I'm in maintenance, then I just eat slowly. If, um, if I, uh, um, realize you know, I'm stepping on the scale and it start going up a little bit, 
then I scale it back. I know that maybe I'm going pat. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm still yeah. I'm still having these cues, right? Like I'm still I'm still figuring out ways to um, make it work, right? And if for a while there, you know, and I'm feeling pretty good, maybe I don't track lunch. You know what I mean? And so like you can kind of get get away from it. Like tracking doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you you know once you track, you know for a month you kind of get a good idea. You know, pick one meal a day where you're not going to track. And then go for two meals. And then if your weight's still going down, you're still making progress, go a whole day. And then go a day and a half. You know, then go, you know what I mean? It's like you can you can wean we wean yourself off of it. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have to be something you do all the time. For me, it's just easier. Um, because sometimes like like I said, I get I get in a rush, you know, I'm doing stuff. Uh, maybe I'm eating in the car or something like that, and just um uh, and so I know like for me, it, it works, but it doesn't work for everybody. And I, I think that's okay. There's lot, lots of different approaches. Yeah, even the halfway kind of tracking, tracking half the day type of thing is something that is super effective. I know with even have several clients who who travel quite often for work, and so they're in places where they're unfamiliar. You know, dinners out or at a some sort of convention, or that they don't really have a ton of control over what the menu is going to be and stuff like that. And so it's like, okay, yeah. if you can track your breakfast and and lunch, and you know that you're you know aiming for two thousand calories, or whatever. Keep mm-hmm. you know breakfast and lunch to a thousand calories or twelve hundred yeah. calories or whatever it is, and then you've got a yeah. thousand calories for dinner. So yeah. as long as you're not going crazy, you're going to be good, right? Yeah. And, and and this is the way to kind of get around that and kind of half and half it. But again, it's just it just draws so much more awareness to it, and that's really the the, the most important piece here. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I like that approach a lot. Um, if I can leave quite a few calories for dinner, I usually am not hungry after that before bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you know I'll have something too, but. Um, I, I like to have as big a meal as I can. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like to eat. I like to eat. And so, I, um, I try and, you know, I, I do pretty well up until lunch. I don't eat a lot. Um, I don't eat a lot up until lunch each day. Um, just how, what I'm used to and stuff. And it's like, um, we can talk about what's optimal and what, you know, different things with workouts. But I was like, it works for me. It works for me. And I do, you know, and that's have, a, have, a, have a protein shake for, a snack or something like that and stuff. But yeah, it's like, I, I try and keep the majority of, um, my calories like later in the day because, um, that it works for me and I like it that way. So yeah, no, no, no science behind it. It's just, it's just what, what works for no, me. The, the science is that it works for you and, and right. it's up to everyone to kind of do your best to decipher all of the things and then guess and check and try it works for you. And that's you know part of the value of having a coach as well is that we have access to a lot more people's experience than our own. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, maybe intermittent fasting really worked for this client, but intermittent yeah. fasting worked horribly for this other client. And so it's like, mm-hmm. it's not intermittent fasting is not the problem yeah. or the solution. It's just like, it's a tool. And for some people who fit this kind of like schedule or lifestyle or whatever, maybe it works for them. And for those yeah. who don't, it doesn't really work for them. And like, that's, that's part of the value of, of, uh, of what we do. But I mean, we can definitely sit here and like overwhelm people with, with the science, like you said, <laughs> but really it comes down to like, do the simple things, fit it into your life. And then, uh, and then go from there. But I mean, I think we've given people a lot of practical, uh, takeaways from, from this chat and, and, and time has kind of flown, uh, flown by here. I don't want to overwhelm anyone too much, too much more. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of touch on or, or, or close any, close any loops in this, uh, in this chat? Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you kind of nailed it that I like, I like, yeah, you were talking about earlier about closing loops and things like that. Um, yeah, just, I, I think, you know, finding what works for you. Um, that, that's one of the first things I always do with my clients is we sit down, we talk about our schedule, put everything on there. Um, some people will say, you know, put your workouts in, schedule everything else around it. I'm the opposite. I will schedule everything else first 
and then put my workouts in there because mm-hmm. I know, I know that um, there's a lot greater chance that it's actually going to get done. You know, if I schedule my workout for four o'clock in the afternoon, but my daughter has a doctor's appointment or my wife has something to go to or something like that. Um, now all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get done and things like that. And so, yeah, I think, I think just finding what works for you, uh, finding what works for you and um, not worrying about, you know, making things perfect. I I've hired multiple coaches myself and I was so frustrated because I couldn't follow exactly what they were telling me and stuff. And it was like, um, but yeah, once you kind of realize, you know, everybody's kind of in a different spot. Um, and, you know, just because I have three kids, somebody else who has three kids, life is going to look completely different than mine. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's um, just because we're in the same situation, like you, you have no kids, but you could be, you know, just as busy as I, you know what I mean? It's like a different kind of busy, you know what I mean? It's like, and I think, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think um, just finding, finding ways to, to fit things in um, that, that work for you. You know, I've, I, I think I, I constantly tinker. I constantly just switch things up. Well, let's try this, you know, like, you know, they say don't fix things if they're not broken, but I didn't listen to that advice. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm constantly trying to change things. See, see what's, you know, I talked about don't be optimal, don't have to be optimal, but I, I try and, <laughs> I, yeah. I try and figure out stuff like that all the time and see, see what works better. And if it doesn't, I already know it does work or something that does work to an extent. And so I can always go back to it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, um, like, uh, I know Dan, Daniel's a great coach, you know, and he, he's gonna work with you around, around, uh, your schedule and stuff. And I think, you know, it's just finding a coach who, who listens to you and, um, I think having a coach for anything is definitely going to be like, you know, a shortcut to some of these things, right? Um, um, quick sidebar, you know, I, ha- I had a conversation with a guy um, <clears throat> not too long ago, but he was telling me he, he was really struggling, really struggling um, um, to find something that worked for him and stuff. He had been looking for a coach, looking to get help with weight loss for a long time. And then he kind of reached out and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been researching for years and I put together you know, this plan, I've pieced together all these things and he, he, he made his own thing and stuff. And, um, but I think kind of the gist of that is, you know, like that took years, <laughs> you yeah. know, that took years. And, um, yeah. how much honest, time would you save if you had someone just, right. Do it for you? you could have somebody do it for you. Who's, you know, not just, and I, I think sometimes people look at coaches like, well, you've only, you know, you're only you, you know, but it's like, we, we don't have just our own experience. You know, we yeah. have the experience of every single person we've ever worked with, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, um, and if somebody like some of my best clients, which I have, I have a guy who I'm working with right now, which is a lot of fun. Cause we worked together two years ago and then he came back and it's like, it's so much fun because like, I'm a way better coach than I was two years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, um, it's like, sometimes I feel bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, cause we were constantly improving. Right. And so even, right. even I think, I think that's the thing too, is like, however long you've been a coach, like think of all that experience, think about five years from now, how, how good of a coach you'll be and stuff. And it's like, but I think if you can just learn something from somebody else, you know what I mean? I think, I think that's pretty, um, some, something you can't really put a price on because you know what I think as a dad, that's my biggest thing. Um, there are a lot of things I've paid for where, um, I probably didn't have the financial means to do it at the time, but it was because it saved me so much time. You know what I mean? It's like saved me so much to learn something. And I think finding, you know, if once you can find that plan that fits for your schedule, I think everything from there just improves. You can always improve it. Uh, but you got to find it first. You got to actually do something before, before you can worry about making an optimal 
Yeah. Agreed, man. I mean, we're all ask anyone if they're busy and they'll tell you yes, whether they have 10 right. kids or, or no kids or no job or four jobs, like everyone's right. busy if you ask them. So like if you're, if you can find things that can get you where you want to be and save you time doing it and make it less stressful and more effective overall, almost an automatic no brainer. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Um, where can people contact you best, best place to get in touch with you if they, if they want to reach out? Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, um, Instagram handles, uh, at a pluff training, um, my last name there, uh, a pluff. And then, um, uh, on Facebook, I have a, uh, a Facebook group called fatherhood fitness. Um, your, your podcast is probably a lot bigger than mine, but I do have the fatherhood fitness podcast as well. And so, um, but yeah, a couple of, a couple of different ways, but yeah, any, any of those places you can add me as a friend on Facebook, um, all, all of those ways, but yeah, um, yeah, happy, happy to, happy to be on here. I appreciate, appreciate you, uh, um, taking the time to invite me on. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I will put, you know, your contact info in the show notes. Everyone cool. wants to reach out. Um, any last words before we close it off here? No, I think, uh, I think if you give me the mic again, we'll, we're going to make this another hour. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for part two then. Sounds Anthony good. Pluff, everybody. Thank you so much uh, for listening. A Pluff Training, Fatherhood Fitness Podcast. Um, find everything in the show notes. Uh, give, him a, give him a follow, give him a message and, uh, you know, help yourself uh, as well. Follow the podcast, uh, like, share, subscribe, all of those good things. Appreciate each and every one of you. Go outside, be a good person. See you next time.